Good afternoon and welcome to Calgary Business Podcast. I'm your host, Alan Wozni, and this is episode 95 in the studio, in the studio, in your studio, uh, I've got Gilbert, this is your studio, Gilbert Bong, from Zellos? Zellos Capital. Zellos Capital. So the podcast studio for episode 95, thank you for hosting us and Gilbert, please just tell me a little bit about Zellos Capital, what got you started. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess uh, at a high level, Zellos Capital is a boutique private wealth and yeah. corporate advisory firm. Uh, we were founded in 2016. Oh, so you're pretty young. It's a three yeah. years old, four three, years old. Three and a half years, yeah. that sort of thing. And, uh, um, you know, my last post was at, uh, at, at Scotiabank in their investment banking group. Uh, right. my, my whole career has had... Didn't they buy... It was Scotia McLeod, wasn't the old name? McLeod Dixon? Uh, we go back, or I, no? Yes, that was... Uh, <laughs> I think that was um, part of the wealth management okay. part. But uh, on the investment banking side, what they did was they acquired a firm called Watchers & Co. Oh, wait, Watchers, yeah. And, yeah, yeah and, uh, and that was um, at the early days where uh, the, the combination of... But they, here in Calgary? That's right, yeah. Okay. So they, they had brought together... Um, financial professionals as well as engineers and geologists to help with your investments and yeah absolutely so um, so in 2016 I, I guess uh, I was an uh, unfortunate casualty of a restructuring at the that's cool right yeah and uh, with that being said um, nearing the the end of the tenure uh, with with the bank I yeah. had uh, started to think about doing something a little on your bit own. more entrepreneurial. That's yeah. right. And, uh, but I never thought that I would go about doing it until five years down the road. So in 2016, what had happened is oil had turned over. We had the OPEC announcement. Um, the, the, the markets had... Yeah, well, uh, it went down to 30, 40, take the U.S. a barrel in 2015-ish. Absolutely. Yeah. So you... So, so you got used to you. You took five years. You were, you were thinking five years earlier. You might do this or oh, five years down the road. Oh, so yeah. I mean, it, you were thinking five years down the road. I'm going to do this, and then suddenly five years is today. Exactly. Okay. I mean, it was it was one of those occasions where it was a little bit of a kick in the butt. Yeah. Um, and effectively uh, had a little bit of a run room uh, as a result of that situation. Yeah. Uh, so I endeavored to go about building a business and uh, didn't know exactly what that was going to look like. Fortunate for myself, I was uh, uh, able to meet through a mutual connection, my co-founder. So that your co-founder, you would mention she's not here today, but... That's right. And her name is? Uh, her name is... <laughs> Can we call her out now on yeah, the podcast? Her, her name is Kareen Stangerlin. So she okay. comes from... Uh, uh, she's an accountant by trade, uh, similar to, to yourself. I'm not an accountant. I'm no longer <laughs> an accountant. I take away that mark. Yeah, I'm a, I am a CPA, yes. And uh, uh, has a long history in private equity and investments. Right. And uh, she had worked for, uh, 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 similar to myself, uh, larger institutions. Um, yep. And uh, um, uh, what we, we went about doing originally was to create a private equity firm where we would invest in energy opportunities, but source capital from right. um, the uh, from from Asia uh, through high net worth and family offices. So you I, and just to, to put to your point, then I, I noticed your card is written. Is this, is it Mandarin or? I, yeah, it's a, that that's traditional Chinese on the, yeah. the back of our cards, but uh, that's just a to large. fund you as a capital when it, so that the your investors are either Chinese or Asian origin or yeah, yeah. Um, 
But as all businesses do, we had to make a great pivot. And uh, the reason being is we had another co-founder who is located in Hong Kong. Yeah. Uh, he became busy with another uh, venture that he was involved in, and we right. ended up parting ways. Oh, okay. So with that being said, we had to figure out what we were going to do for our business. So um, I reverted back to doing what I had previously been involved in, That's cool, which was uh, helping companies raise capital yeah. um, and uh, advising them on merger and acquisition opportunities. So that kind of formed the basis of our... Which is probably a natural thing, because I, I go back in, in the early 90s, that massive consolidation of oil companies, and, you know, built, buying up the smalls, the mediums, and then you know, there was kind of that... that that's obvious, obviously when in downturn, there's opportunity. I don't know if you right. see... You know, if I look at your, I look at the origin of a lot of uh, industries today. There's going to be people talk about consolidation, even in the tech sector. Mm-hmm. So, so you 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 got into advising other the big majors or the middle, the smalls, the mediums. So probably um, I would classify them as uh, small and medium sized yeah. uh, businesses. Um, but uh, over the course of the time, shortly after we founded the firm, actually. Karine uh, was asked to join the board of uh, Alberta Teachers Retirement Fund, which right. is an $18 billion pension. And uh, she, ste- uh, she just stepped off uh, yeah. this December. Uh, but we, we kind of looked at, through her experience and going through major investments and pension conferences, uh, why do these pensions, endowments, uh, large, sophisticated institutions right. have portfolios that look so much different from what uh, individuals and families have access to. And, and that was the origin of our private wealth business, where we endeavored to provide access to similar uh, portfolios. Um, That's incredible. To, uh, to families and individuals. So literally looking at diversity and, I mean, because you, for instance, I'll just give you my, the, the, the macro take is CPB Investment Board. I mean, it's a massive, you know, you've also got, you know, the, the what is it, the, um, the, the OMERS, which is the Ontario Minister, they're everywhere investing across the globe. CPP Investment Board, I think they participated in a 500 million uh, investment in Bijou's and education online in, in, in India. So that, that, is that where you, you looked at that as an opportunity? Are you investing for them, advising for them? On a, more on that, you don't have to visit confidentiality, but just in general, is that the approach? Yeah, um, I, I guess on the um, private wealth side, uh, what we do is we don't do any security selection, so we're not yeah. picking up and deciding that we're going to buy CNRL or Crescent Point or what, whatever the, the, um, the, uh, the public e- equities are. Uh, what we endeavor to do is we uh, try to bet on uh, sector ex- experts, right. specialists, right. Um, actively manage fund managers that have had a 10-plus year uh, track record. So you, fun, you, you, have fund, you invest in fund managers or you have fund managers working for you? We, uh, with we invest you. in fund managers. Okay, okay. So um, the advantage here is um, when we go to an active fund manager and we're able to go to them uh, as uh, Zellos Portfolio yeah. uh, Investment Council Portfolio Trust, um, uh, they see one kind of line item uh, in terms of unit holders that are purchasing their units, right. not under, uh, not not having to ha- be deal with the hassle of smaller accounts where there's uh, 35 to 40 families sitting behind that. 
So right. uh, the advantage to our clients is they're now able to access a product that wasn't previously available to them at a, at a price point that they can never achieve uh, going direct. Okay, so, it's, so you take the 40, they consolidate, they're, they're consolidating now, let's take 40 yeah. families, and you've got a fund manager. But Zealous has given the advice to the families to come to him, him or her? Y- yes, uh, so we, we've, we have discretionary man, uh, managerial yeah. uh, oversight over our client portfolio. Right. So um, that's, that's kind of where the industry is, is headed. And uh, uh, I think we're transitioning from a lot of the, the wealth management uh, uh, practices that would see kind of um, uh, financial advisors uh, pick uh, individual securities, yeah. uh, you know, the, the, the phrase stockbrokers and that sort of stuff. I think there's a transition but, to portfolio management. So that portfolio, but how does that differ from, and you go back to the 90s or the, whatever, it's a plethora of, of uh, mutual funds. That's right. Because that, they could be private or they were all public as well. All those mutual funds, and you get the reports in the paper, and like, there's just so much. But that portfolio manager, he or she is investing in what? Just the privates, different sector agnostic? Is it just depends? I mean, this Yeah, um, you know, I, I think what we have the advantage of is um, we, we've been in um, large uh, corporate and institutional settings uh, our yeah. whole careers. And we're, we're really taking those connections and access and best practices and applying them to um, a client base uh, that hasn't traditionally uh, um, So the client base being that 40 families. Exactly. You high net worth, HNWI or H, high net worth individuals. Yes. That kind of family, FOs, PFOs, private family offices. Yeah, and um, you know, um, uh, if you go to um, uh, another institution, yeah. um, chances are they're putting um, their clients in uh, a manufactured product uh, that's in-house branded right. Uh, right. with that institution's name and that sort of stuff. And uh, um, a lot of the times we find that the fees are a lot higher as well. Um, what is this? Two and twenty? Was it two and ten or ten and ten? What is I, it? I, there's that term that the, the VCs use, or the yeah, the the, the, two, the two and twenty would it. speak to more of the alternative strategies, okay. which is also a differentiating point for us. Yeah. Uh, but um, I, I don't think it's uncommon to have a management expense ratio of two to three percent in a mutual fund, where. Um, Depending on what we're investing in right. and the asset mix, we're probably in the 1.5, but 1.6%. You're investing, or they're investing. This is what, maybe I'm just kidding. Let's step back because yes. the families are coming to you and say, here, Gilbert, we have, some, we have a schwack of cash. We want to invest. And you pick a fund manager or you pick sectors? Because like you, we, meant, you and I mentioned, and I saw your tombstone out there. It had canna, something cannabis on it. And, yeah. Well, so what, what we do is we, uh, we have defined asset classes like... Okay. Uh, Canadian equities, U.S. equities, yeah. global equities, and and behind those um, and fixed income and, and sure. alternatives, um, and behind those asset classes uh, sits an active manager um, that manages. Work, the he funds. or she works for you, or they're they're, they're, they're they're already doing it somewhere else, and you're in it. They're they're external. Okay, and you're parking that. So uh, they can be located in uh, places like Toronto, yeah. okay, um, Jana, um, you know, uh, other places that, but. What, what we screen for is we've looked at uh, over a thousand active 
reasonably managed uh, fund managers and tried not to find the highest performing, but the highest performing per unit of risk. Yeah, and that's okay. how we kind of look at um, the whole portfolio uh, construction um, exercise is through a risk-adjusted perspective, a risk-aware well, it's incredible. It's incredible like, to talk about risk because the markets, I was listening to the news or survey, Bloomberg surveillance, so he, literally he says, you know, forget all that, all that you've learned because a market crash at that magnitude, this three, now it's back up, it goes down 3% and up 32%. It's literally all that, those fundamentals go out the window. What do you do in that situation? I mean, that's obviously a long-term play. That's the answer the guy said, but what would you do to your client? Because they're going to come to you. Yes. Gilbert, what happened? And there's nothing, I mean, it's not, you didn't, there's nothing you could do or these money managers could do, but it literally, it's out the window. Yeah, I mean, um, proper portfolio construction is uh, a very important uh, yeah. aspect to this. Uh, what you want in the portfolio is uncorrelated assets. So in scenarios where some right. assets will go, go down, others will go up, sure. and uh, uh, you get um, less volatility and some uh, more stability. And alternatives, what I would term as alter alternatives, which are is an asset class that is uh, his historically and um, um, structurally uncorrelated to, to the markets or yeah, the, the like public negative. equities and fixed income. Uh, these would include like private equity, yeah. um, infrastructure, uh, commodities, real estate. Um, some so what a plain field. It's a massive plain field. I mean, does tech come into play? Because oil and gas has got its own, but the tech, as I learned in oil and gas, is really isolated to the downhole side if you're that oil, you know, but the back office tech, like one of the guests on my podcast, Crux OCM, she worked, she's a literally Vicky Knott, she literally worked for 10 years in the pipeline management in, in, in the control room. She's like, they could do this better. And she started reading and found out, yeah, they are doing it better elsewhere. So she literally went from being an engineer to a, a control room, and I called, I, I joked about it being the Homer Simpson. It's not, but, yes. you know, of a pipeline control. And so she's now got this startup. She went to Tech Accelerator in Oslo in Norway. And now, I mean, that's a tech, putting tech element onto something that could have uniform application in, the, in that sector. Are you guys into that? I mean, how do you play that? Yeah. The um, tech side of... So certainly, um, certainly on um, the active managers that we have selected, right. um, there's exposure to all sectors. Yeah. Um, but on the um, corporate advisory side, we certainly work with um, a lot of companies on in different uh, industries. Uh, historically and uh, so advisor and there so back to your point about M&A or the acquisitions exactly. okay yeah so um, like when we first started because energy is a core competency of ours uh, everyone has oil and <laughs> yeah. gas uh, you're in Calgary experience. you better have it yeah, yeah. Uh, that's where we started but we uh, we realized over the course of 2017 that it's a really challenging uh, sector to be completely focused on. Yeah. So we did actively diversify. So we uh, work with technology companies, uh, other diversified companies, um, have even worked in the cannabis and industrial hemp space. Um, well, it's so fascinating. It's, it's, it's one of those new fields that opened up because of legislation, highly regulated. Yes. And, you know, it's they're very restrictive. It's a new for, for the marketers to be new. They can't use some old tricks because they have to really be innovative. So you've moved into those spaces. Absolutely. Yeah, and there, there's some very... Uh, um, Calgary-based or outside of Calgary or just anywhere? Uh, 
A lot Western Canadian based. Yeah. Um, some we work with companies in the U.S. and that sort of stuff. Uh, mostly private, some public. Uh, but uh, what uh, what we uh, what we find is there's some really remarkable stories out there, and and we're doing a a poor job in Calgary um, telling some of those uh, success stories. And um, you know, I, I think um, uh, you're aware of uh, names like Solium. Um, yeah, well, they bought, but Morgan Stanley bought them for a billion. That's right. Yeah, and, and they're 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 a market maker. Were they, they were information. I don't even know. I never heard of them. Yes, uh, it was. Um, uh, they they specialized in uh, uh, employee compensation uh, digital portal or where, oh, okay uh, okay um, um, I, I guess um, uh, share plans and that sort of stuff and right. uh, um, the are. RS Energy. I'm not sure if you're fam- familiar with them, but they they just uh, the name sounds familiar. I just I don't know it. Yeah, they they were just taken over. Um, uh, acquisition price wasn't disclosed, but right. uh, pretty big numbers. It, exactly. Yeah. And um, you know more more and more, and um, even um, uh, there's a company by the name of Peloton, which uh, uh, you're talking about the bike. The no, not, not the bike, but the oil. <laughs> the fitness and, one. The oil and gas, oil, uh, oil and gas software. Okay. Uh, where their their major project is uh, pro, um, pro product is uh, Wellview. I believe they have a 50 percent market share well, who in just North raised, America. Someone just raised to twenty million on uh, Infinia. Infinia. There's an oil and gas a Calgary play really for the oil well, and I think they're using artificial intelligence. This was just announced probably three four weeks ago, maybe a couple months ago, but. Infidia, I'll give you the name offline, but it was, they literally just raised 20 million, I think they're Houston, Houston and here in Calgary, yes. and for the oil well using machine learning to look at the data coming out of the oil, of the well. Is it Ambient? Yeah, uh, yeah with a Y, but Ambient yes. with a Y, yeah, that's it, okay, Ambient, that's, that's it. That's right. Yeah, yeah, you know, so. So there, there, there's a lot of these things going on, but we, yeah. um, um, you know, if you talk, I, I think mainstream uh, Cal- Calgarians aren't, aren't aware of some of these uh, um, opportunities that are arising, uh, technology and innovation. But that's tech. See, that's tech outside of the. That's right. It's not. T- it's it's using sensors and then going back to the Crux OCM, the Vicky's Vicky Knott's company. It's data and then using literally automating some of the processes so the data can be can work and talk to the engineer or talk to the operations person. And and there's a lot of old school thinking. It doesn't work for me. Or those news articles and uh, you and I were kind of talking offline. The, Changes are happening like quickly. I mean, the other day I was uh, when I first found out about uh, Benevity, I just saw the building. And I, I have no idea who it is, and I was going to Google it. And literally, there was a VC announcement. They raised thirty million for their app, yeah, or their SaaS play. Well, you, you know what they say: it's um, um, the impetus to change is pain, and when there's enough pain uh, right. realized. Uh, people will change. So I think to your point, um, uh, there is uh, slower than what we would hope to see in terms of adoption of new technologies for our core industry, that being oil and gas. Uh, but when the top line revenue number isn't moving anywhere yeah. um, and you still need to become profitable, uh, you have to look at expenses and ultimately to drive expenses down the application of technology. Is just So it's got to come in. I mean, I, you, I talked, mentioned it. Dr. David Allwright from Bow Valley, he was saying tech is everywhere. Mary Moran from Calgary Economic Development, tech is everywhere. But it moves very quickly in, in terms of, say, take VC funding that 
that you see out there, and like, well, it's not applicable to me, or it's not going to help me, or there's a mar- mar- marginal change, why should I change? Literally, that's the attitude of a lot of companies. Why should I change? I, I'm, my, my accounting software is just fine. Yes, absolutely. I so, mean, there, there's always a better way to do things, and, yeah. and when, you, when, when, it needs, when it means the difference between being in the, the black or the red, yeah. I think uh, people will, will take a hard look at it, right? So, so you know, I, I was just the other day, I listened to the, the, the um, you know, Warren Buffett's retiring, and he's still, who, who'd replace him and get next? Was he, was he that great? And they said, they, they were talking about it, this, I think it was Bloomberg again, what he did so well was he injected himself in, he wasn't just picking stocks, he injected himself in, he put his people, he knew, you know, he knew the, the companies and how they, what would make them grow. He's probably had some, he wasn't in tech, I think he meant many times he didn't get into tech. But is there, what's the next for Zellos? And, and what, you know, I'm, first, you didn't tell me, what's the, what's the genesis of your name, Zellos? Uh, so that, the, the, the name was originally actually coined by um, the, the third co-founder who's no longer with okay. us. And, and Zellos is a, is a Greek word. I think it's a root word for zeal uh, in Greek mythology. Zeal, like someone who's... Yeah, uh, in Greek mythology, Zelos is the sibling of uh, Nike, which is victory and that okay. sort of stuff. So, nice. um, yeah. So, with that being said, I mean it was an uh, interesting name. We started with it. Uh, we had toyed about um, changing things from time to time, but yeah. you know, over the course of time, we just kind of it's your name. It's, we, your, it's we, your brand. We, we, we kind of started to just yeah. That's kind of where what we've identified with, and uh, I imagine we'll continue to identify with unless there's a Sure. Major restructuring or anything like that. So, Gilbert, okay, what do you think is for the next, you, you know, so the Zellos, 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 yeah. How, what's the, what are the next two, what's really going to impact your business in the next two to three years? And I mean, I, and it's broad. You can say whatever you want. I mean, yeah, I mean, um, I think similar to all Calgary businesses, we're, we're dealing with um, the economic situation yeah. we're in. And uh, you, you may think, okay, if you're not in oil and gas, how's that affecting me? But uh, there is uh, a lot of knock-on effects that you, you see when you um, are asking an individual to invest in a new opportunity that right. is um, not energy related. Uh, that's, that's great. That's you know, more diversification, sure. something interesting that they can get excited about. But when they see their portfolios uh, go down 30%, they are less inclined to put more risk capital at work. So um, that's because they have a large energy weighting. Um, so right, um, I to rebound was it portfolio rebalancing and fi- finding that right to take that loss, you know, because I you know that old thing of waiting for it to recover. Yes, it's uh, not. I mean, if it does, it's still got to double or triple to get to where you were. Yes, you know, and and I think we're at the point where people are preparing that this is the new reality. Yeah, I mean, it's been a long time to get here. Um, when when um, the oil prices started to decline in 2014, I don't think anyone expected um, the economic situation to per, um, last as long as it has. Yeah. And, and now people are starting to understand that, hey, this is the reality, let's work through it. Let's, uh, there's a lot of things that are outside of our control, yeah. but let's try to work on the things that we have control over and um, you know, um, uh, build economies, uh, you know. but to your point is exactly what you can't control, and it, it it's great to blame. I mean, I arrived back in in July, and I was up in Red Deer. And if you know a company called Burnco, I'm not here to knock Burnco, but we were just I was just there for a soccer game, and there was this whole 
literally it, the three quarters of the pitch was surrounded by this burn coat and they're all trucks sitting idle and I'm thinking they're waiting for the pipeline to be built I'm like right but you're waiting for the pipeline to be if it's not going to be built what, what else are they going to do These, that, that whole supply chain the guys are fueling the trucks the maintenance on the trucks the workers themselves none of that's happening so it's an alternate I don't know I just you know it just hit me that to your point about what you can't control you can't control that so what can you do what else can you do what are you telling your clients because if they've taken a hit how do you I mean you obviously need to advise don't worry we're going to find something to replace it is that the, the key or yeah I mean uh, for us on the on the private wealth side yeah we actually have a uh, fairly uh, small exposure to Canada uh, and um, um, small exposure to Canadian energy. That's kind of that diversity yeah. you were talking about earlier. Exactly, because we, we um, living in the city, are inevitably tied to it so many ways, whether yeah. it be career, property values, um, everything's related, right? Yeah. So when Canada makes up 3% of global GDP, why should we have 50% yeah. or... The disproportionate share in Canadian... Equities or non exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes sense. that makes sense. So I mean, uh, I think that um, message is resonating. Uh, I think you know people tend to um, invest and uh, participate in um, opportunities that they're very comfortable with, that they right. have an industry expertise in. Right. Uh, but with that being said, um, it's like having all your eggs in one basket, right? Sure. And uh, and if you don't know where else to put those eggs. Um, what we help to do is place them with people that do know what they're doing in, in those specific asset classes and, and sectors. So what, what do you, I mean, it, it sounds to me, and, and I'm going to put words in your mouth, maybe it's the word of mouth. Yes. It seems to be the way you get your business. Do you, Absolutely. I mean, I'm not, because venture capital, so for family offices are kind of private, similar to the venture capital community and private equity is, it, you can't be out there the big banners, but also at the same time, you're also across the globe. You don't need to advertise, but I guess your contacts are across the globe as well. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you um, a little um, context as it relates to um, something that's been ingrained in me very early in my career, my right. professional career. So I, I started out at a boutique investment bank called Orion Securities. Um, right. They were subsequently acquired by McCoy. in Calgary. Um, oh, McCoy, yeah. Well, they, they had offices in um, uh, Calgary, Toronto primarily. Right. Uh, focused on resources, oil and gas in Calgary, mining in Toronto. And um, um, I, it, it, was, it was very eye-opening for me to uh, see that Orion was able to garner lead positions and be the key advisor for some pretty substantial oil and right. gas companies. And uh, when they had the whole roster available to them, in including Canadian banks, U.S. banks, and that sort of right, stuff. Right, right. And uh, what it was, was its relationship is so important. And, uh, you know, that's, right. that's uh, 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 something that is applicable to all businesses. Um, but in, uh, when you're dealing with finances and personal finances specifically, right. that's one of the most intimate areas of anyone's life. Uh, you know, it's right up there uh, with with uh, um, personal relationships. Yeah, yeah with, I get it. So I, I, I understand. Yeah. So with that being said, um, sometimes it's not about what investments um, you're putting your clients in. It's do they trust you? Um, right. Is there the trusted relationship? And can we uh, work together for not just the next year, but we're it's talking a long term, for yeah, the long haul. 10, 15, yeah. 20, 25 wow. years. So 
Um, I don't know if I answered to your question. No, no, but because so relationships are important, but finding that. Yes. So you got to match. I guess if your clients are local, that one's probably easy because you can go knock on the doors. But if your clients are in Toronto or New York or Houston or London, that I mean that was like the, the awareness, creating that awareness. Is yes. that is it primarily word of mouth or how? What? Yeah, it's 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 been um, uh, primarily uh, word of mouth yeah. to date. Uh, I mean, we in, in the digital age, um, we've turned our mind to um, looking at other avenues. Uh, you know, this podcast could be uh, um, one of uh, others that we do. Right. Um, but you you have to meet people where they are today. You know, where they are today is on their phone. It's uh, it's a it's, digital it, age. It, it's a tech. It's a tech age and tech the internet. And that, that was more my, my, my thinking of, I don't, for, for me, is, is that social media side, does it work for, for Velo's, Zello's Capital and, and people like yourselves? Or do you rely on the old way? Because your client base is kind of that old school as well. Yes. And they're going to be very private. So how do you overcome that, I mean, in a general sense? Yeah, I mean, um, doing things a different way uh, I, I believe could be a very powerful differentiator yeah. um, something that is very interesting is if you actually look across the board and look at our team we have a, a, a younger demographic than than most in uh, particularly in the private wealth space um, the the corporate advisory like investment banking space has always been populated with uh, young individuals because they need the energy and the yeah. stamina to work those hours before they kind of burn out. Wolf of Wall Street type of uh, <laughs> yeah. But boiler Room, some of the old, I don't know, some of those old movies. Boiler Room, did you ever see Boiler Room? Yes. Yeah, the, the, yeah. the, the wood, this is wood, the, the, the classic one, yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah but... But um, they really, those are hard sales and yeah, working. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> working the lines. I mean... Fundamentally, we I, I think um, uh, something that's very unique and maybe it sheds some insight into the way that we conduct business is we have three uh, core principles. Um, and uh, right. the first one is we exist to care for our clients. Uh, obviously speaking to the client-centric nature and the way that we view the world. Yeah. Um, uh, our behaviors are brand, uh, very high eth- ethical bar. Right. Uh, we we wouldn't uh, look to do anything untowards, and uh, um, it's not what we say. It's uh, look at the way we walk, look at the way what we do, and how we do yeah. things. Yeah. And uh, the third one is we're we're intellectually curious. So our team is um, uh, very accredited. What I mean by that is that there's a lot of. Um, um, designations that uh, the individuals have everything from CFA, CIM, CAs, yeah. CFPs, uh, IDCs <laughs> uh, and the acronyms uh, full literally when you reach out to somebody on, on LinkedIn and you get this whole lane yeah. if you tag them and you only you only have 12 characters and like, wait a minute their their whole title is more than, <laughs> exactly yeah. yeah it doesn't work too well for <laughs> for social media for yeah. this but uh, um, and and wow. we're always learning like uh, reading books uh, listening to podcasts and that sort of stuff I like the intellectual curiosity I like that it's really yeah it's it's kind of unique right so um that I think we we do a terrible job um, in telling our story, and we're trying to find new ways in order to do so. And um, you know, I'm I think you're right. I think you're, this uh, po- this podcast or something of your own get your voice out there, and you don't have to disclose the private nature. You're just here for the, the community. Hey, we're here for you. Absolutely. I like that. Absolutely, Gilbert. Really, thanks for your time today. And I, you know, it's 
I'm fast. My personal fascination with venture capital is is, I, you didn't give me any secrets, but I like I like to hear from your view your view here in Calgary. And, and thank you for your time today. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs>